Welcome to another episode of Sports on the House podcast. I have a very special guest today. Has a 17-year career in the MLB. Very excited to announce him. Placido Polanco. What's up, man? Hey, Robert. Thank you for having me, buddy. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, obviously, you've had a heck of a career. Uh, I want to get into uh, your career in general. Uh, two-time All-Star, three-time Gold Glove. You won the Silver Slugger Award, ALCS MVP. You even made the World Series of the Tigers. And you're in the 2000 Hit Club. Very, very rare company. Uh, what does that mean to you, man? Well, my friend, it means a lot because I'm, I'm, as you know, I'm from the Dominican Republic. And, and, and back there, all we do is just dream baseball, you know, and we yeah. live and die, we live and die baseball there. Everybody wants to be a baseball player there, you know, and uh, for me having that dream since I'm a little kid and then, you know, um, see it come through, this is uh, it's very satisfying. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, yeah. Let's get into it. So you're a two-time All-Star. What was that experience like, man? I mean, you're literally playing with the best players in the entire world. You made one with the Detroit Tigers and the other one with the Philadelphia Phillies. What is it like to play with so many great players and uh, talent in that? Well, it's, it's great because sometimes, you know, you just get to play against those guys, you know, just like, oh, my God, I wonder how this guy is. And yeah. you know how this guy, you know how they are as a player, you know, they're great players, but then, to be with them in the same clubhouse and the same dugout and practice together and, and make jokes and stuff like that. And you get to know them, you know, those superstars. It's just a, a great feeling, you know? Yeah, I can uh, imagine. That's really cool, man. Uh, for the viewers at home, they would really appreciate that. That's awesome. Uh, you're a three-time Gold Glove champion. That is unbelievable, man. Um, you even won the Defensive Player Award one year for the best overall fielder. Uh, you obviously have a heck of a glove, and I'm looking here. You have one of the highest fielding percentages of any third baseman in the history of baseball. What does that mean to you, man? That's really rare company. Uh, it really means a lot because I, I always took pride in my defense. And uh, to be able to win two gold gloves at second base and one at third base, which is a rare thing. I don't think anybody has ever done it. But it's yeah, just they in, haven't. The, in, the, in, in the infield. It's just a, it's a really, you know, it's, it's a great accomplishment. Yeah, that's I remember. Uh, I remember when I played second base and then moving to third, you know, people start doubting, like, you know, he's a great second baseman, but a third base, eh, like, we don't know. But then, you know, the, the, to prove, you know, you know, some people wrong, it's just also very satisfying. And, and, and it tells you that when you really want something, you can accomplish it. Yeah, that's a, a tough transition because second base is a shorter throw. Uh, I read online a couple of uh, comments that some people didn't think you could do it. And obviously you did. Uh, you won two gold gloves there. And um, yeah, the, the throw and the transition from third base is a lot larger and longer. Was that a little bit difficult in the beginning? Hey, you know what? For me, it was a little easier because when I played um, uh, here in Miami, in Miami Day Community College, I played third base uh, two years. Yeah. I was a third baseman. And then with the San Luis Cardinals, I played third base also like two years, you know, the last two years of my career. So I had played third before. It's not like that was a, a brand new position for me when I went to, to, to Philadelphia to play third base. Yeah. Well, really cool that you were able to accomplish that. Not many people can say that. I mean, there's some really good third basemen today. Nolan Arenado um, plays for the St. Louis Cardinals now. He's one of the best third basemen fielding-wise. But you have a higher fielding percentage than him, so it just shows you how good of a fielder you were. Um, I, I want to talk about uh, your ALS, ALCS MVP. Now, that's really, really hard and difficult to do with the Detroit Tigers. What a series you had. Uh, what does it feel to actually win that and then go to the World Series with the Tigers? 
That was very special for me in 2006 because I had, um, <clears throat> I was injured. I was injured. Uh, I dislocated my shoulder, my left shoulder. Yeah. And uh, they didn't think I was going to come back that year. So I came back like two games before the playoff. And um, it was good enough for me to just, you know, get my rhythm, get my timing and go to the playoff and, and had a good series. And um, it worked out good because, you know, I won, like you said, the ALCS MVP. Even though we came up short in the World Series, but it's just a great, great experience. Yeah, I mean, what a team that was. I mean, just to highlight some of the players in that team, you had you, you had Justin Verlander as your ace, you had Brandon Inge, who was a really good player at the time. Uh, I believe Victor Martinez is on that team too. You guys had some serious talent. It was unfortunate you couldn't win, but what a really good team and what a really great year you had. That was a a really fun uh, thing to watch. Victor was not a catcher, but he was Ivan Rodriguez, the Hall of Famer. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Ivan Rodriguez, you're right. <laughs> yeah, also a Miami native here, so it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and last, I want to talk about the 2000 Hit Club. Something that's really cool about that is uh, you're in rarefied air. Very hard to even get 1,000 hits, let alone two. So really, really cool. You ended up with 2,142 hits uh, combined. Um, but something really cool about your 2000 career hit was a home run against the Houston Astros to get your 2000 hit. What do you feel about that? And to end it on such a cool note. Oh, man, another, another great experience, another great feeling, because when you have 1,999 hits, you're yeah. begging for a blooper. You want a blooper, you want something, you know, an infield hit or something. And then <laughs> I, I, it happened that I caught a ball up front and it went out of the ballpark. And for me, for not being a power hitter, and to hit my number 2,000 hit with a home run, it's, imagine how special that was. Yeah, that's uh, really cool, man. Uh, that's probably the best way you can get a 2,000 hit. So that was awesome to see for the viewers at home. Uh, he had hit, His 2,000 hit was a home run against the Houston Astros. So really cool. Um, I want to talk about your country for a second, the Dominican Republic. You guys have had some great players. Um, in particular, you actually have some names that are the face of baseball, in my opinion, with Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis, Raviel Devers, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Wander Franco, Sandy Alcantara, Manny Machado. What does it feel to have players from that country represent uh, the game of baseball today and really be the best and the face of it? Well, it's, uh, it's special. I mean, it's been like that for a long time. Yeah. And uh, I don't think it's going to stop any time soon. And I tell you why, like, uh, you know, all the organizations in the major league, major league baseball have uh, an academy in the Dominican Republic, right? Yeah, I saw. So all of them, all of them have academies there. So that's why I don't think um, it's going to ever stop. And uh, it's like I said, like when I was growing up, baseball was the main sport there and still is there. So now you have all the parents, you know, like inspiring their kids to play baseball. And uh, there's a lot of leagues now, you know, the country is doing an outstanding job um, with um, preparing the kids with with the leagues, you know, and supplying uh, with uh, equipment for the leagues. And uh, my friend who played for the Marlins, Kilvio Vera, is in charge of that, of Little League Baseball in the Dominican Republic. Actually, this is the first time we ever had an organization that takes care of of, of, uh, Little League there. And uh, that's why I'm just telling you, I don't think it's ever going to stop. And uh, I'm extremely proud of all the kids there, you know, like Soto and Tatis and all those guys. And uh, couldn't be more proud of them because, yeah. I mean, they, 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 not just because what I'm seeing now is I'm, I'm not just seeing a lot of talent, but I'm also seeing like good people off the field, you know, like uh, very educated people. You see mm-hmm. Soto, you talk to Tatis, you know, you know, you talk to all those guys and they're really good people, you know. 
Yeah. And, and, um, and that makes me more, more proud of that. I think that's why so many people, little kids in particular, resonate with Juan Soto and Fernando Tatis. It's the way they go about the game, but also their personality. Everyone loves them. They're obviously great players, but I think the way their personality is, they can resonate with them. And uh, I think it's really cool for the game of baseball because it needs some, you know, um, recognition. And those players definitely uh, do that for the game. Without a doubt. So that's really cool, man. Glad, uh, glad you're from the Dominican. You can talk about that. Really cool. Um, next, I want to get to your close friend, Albert Pujols. Um, what a career he's had, man. Um, also from the Dominican, uh, he announced that uh, this is his last year playing baseball um, and he's playing for the St. Louis Cardinals. What does it uh, feel and mean to you that this is his last season and to see what he's accomplished? I couldn't be more proud of a, of a player, of a human being than Albert. Albert, I don't know if you know the, the, the whole story, but when Albert first come up to the league, I took him to my place and I let him live with me. Wow. And, uh, that's why we became such good friends. And uh, he's the godfather of my son also. And um, wow. uh, Albert, it's just a, a great human being, a great baseball player, super disciplined, super professional. And uh, everything that happens to him is not a coincidence. It's yeah. just a result. It's just result of a hard work. Yep. I, uh, I play I play with him. He's very, very passionate about it. And 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 that's what makes him such a such a good player. And also a better human being. Yep. Um I can uh I mean I mean it's really cool. I mean, um I've seen documentaries about him where what he's done for the autistic community. Uh I think it's really, really cool. It shows the type of nice guy that he is. Uh, obviously a really good player, but I've heard from numerous people, including yourself now that he's even better off the field. So really cool to see Albert have one of those careers on and off the field, uh, future first ballot hall of famer. So cool, uh, to see that. Yep. And, uh, something that was even cooler is you got to play from the St. Louis Cardinals. So that's, uh, I know. awesome as well. <laughs> yeah, so, I know. Um, as we speak, as, as we speak right now, I'm also watching the Detroit Tigers game because Miguel Cabrera, which is also, which was also my teammate, is about he's only one hit a shy yeah, of three thousand. Of three thousand, yeah. hopefully he gets that today. That's really cool. You got to play with him, man. You've played yeah. some with some great players, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Also, uh, a former former Marlin. <laughs> yeah, former Marlin. Let's speak on that a little bit. What what is it like to play with one of the greatest players ever and Miguel Cabrera? Oh my God, you, you learn so much, man. I mean, I don't think I ever saw him mad. I mean, he'll get mad for like a minute or two because he was <laughs> so sure, so sure of himself, you know, his self-confidence was in another level. And uh, like he knew he could hit since he was like 19 when he first came up in the league. So yeah, and that's uh, that's hard to find because, you know, this is, this is a game of failure, you know, like baseball is a game of failure. If you're like the best hitter, you get three hits out of 10. So with those seven outs, you have to deal. And if you don't know how to deal with those seven outs and you're going to, you know, you're going to fail because your mind is going to, you know, yeah. it's going to fetch you. It's going to fetch you. So you got to be, and, um, and, and he's so strong, so self-confident. And, and that's why 3000 hit. I'm no, I'm not surprised about this. That's yeah. Incredible. I mean, he had an incredible career at the Marlins and then unfortunately they traded him to the Detroit Tigers and he's just won the triple crown one year. He's been nothing but sensational. For not yeah. only not only the Tigers, but the game of baseball. I mean, he's really changed a lot of players' view on him and, and how they hit the baseball. So pretty cool on that, man. Um, I want to talk about uh, how you got into baseball, particularly Miami-Dade Community College. I love the way uh, you, you got into the game. So basically, you didn't go to a D1 school. You didn't go to a big-name school, but you went to a community college. 
uh, played really well there. And it, and for all the viewers at home and everyone, though, you don't have to go to big schools to get recognition. If you play hard and play well, you'll get drafted and you made a name for yourself. So for all the kids out there that want to go the route that you did, what does it feel to come from a community college to get drafted and to become one of the better players in the game? Hey, I, I got to tell you, I'm not saying this because I not just because I got drafted and I made it to the major leagues and I played 17, 16 years in the major leagues. Yeah. But I was so fortunate to have played at Miami Day. Miami Day is probably one of the best baseball programs in Miami. Yeah. You know, they have, and, and when I first came over, we had three Miami Days. We had the downtown campus, the north campus, and the south campus. Now there's only one, which is, it makes it a little bit harder to make the team because, you know, the, the, you know, it's only one team, sure. but it's, it's the baseball program is still like, they're always like in the state tournament. Oh, they always national, you know, they won the national like not long ago. It's just a great baseball program. And uh, I learned a lot there. I was lucky enough to have played for probably one of the best managers in junior college that I've heard of. And it's Steve Hurt. You know, it's just uh, a guy that I learned a lot, a lot from him. Not just the, the physical part of the game, but the mental part of the game, which is very important. Yeah. And, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, very, very impressive what you've done, man. It's really cool. Um, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of it because, you know, a lot of people that play the game of baseball today think you have to go to a big D1 college to get noticed. And if you put in the work and work hard, it shows that you can play anywhere and, and make a name for yourself and just got to work hard, man. Oh, yeah. And I'm trying to, that's what I preach right now, working with the Dodgers, you know, I try to preach that. And, um, Hopefully, you know, some of the kids get it. Yeah, really cool. Um, I want to talk about uh, uh, your career with the Philadelphia Phillies um, and the Marlins. You're obviously very aware of the NL East, uh, tough division. So with that said, how was it to, to play with the Phillies? I mean, you've played with some great players, Ryan Howard, Chase Utley, to name a few. Uh, Roy Holiday at the time was your, was your teammate and Cliff Lee. So that's really cool, man. How is it to, to play with all those guys and to make a run? It was great because um, every time we played, we had a legit chance of winning the game because of uh, not just the players, because you can be a, a great hitting team, but you're gonna hit, you're not gonna hit every day. But when you have that type of pitching, like Holiday, like Cliff Lee, uh, Cole Hamels, yeah, Cole uh, Hamels, yeah, Roy Oswald, uh, Joe Blanton. I mean, you mentioned it. We had a, a bunch of good guys, uh, good pitchers there, and uh, with a legit chance to win that game. So that's. Um, that was huge. That was what, huge. Yeah, what a what a staff. And you also had a cool manager, Charlie Manuel. He's been there seems like forever. He retired a couple of years ago. But how was it to play for a manager like that? Charlie was super cool. Charlie's the type of player, the type of manager that just made the lineup and let you play, do your thing. Yeah. And, uh, and with the talent we had on the team and the, on the years of uh, the veteran team that we had, we just you know play and we have fun. And it paid off because we won a lot of games. And we won the division a lot of times. Yeah, you did. Um, you also have one of the, the better shortstops to play, one of the best switch hitters ever, um, Jimmy Rollins. How was it to play with him? He, I heard a lot of cool stories, but I want to get from you. How was it to play with such a leader like him? Well, Jimmy, I, I played with him. I was very lucky to have played with him uh, to his right and to his left because I played second base with him. And what a great combination. Yeah. He played third base on the other side. And man, it just made me look so much better because he had so much range and he was in the, in the, in the, in the right position every time. So when yeah. you have a short, when you're a third baseman, you have a shortstop with that much range, it makes you better. It makes, it makes uh, the, uh, your partner better, a third baseman better. 
And he was that type of shortstop. He makes every routine play, you know, which is like as a manager or as a teammate, that's what you, you want. That's what you want to see. Mm-hmm. And, a, and a great hitter is, is another guy that had a great career. Yeah. Um, that Phillies team was absolutely stacked. He even had an, another guy in the Phillies who doesn't get talked about much, but he had a great career. Uh, the flying Hawaiian Shane Victorino. I, I loved him as a player. What was it like to play with him? Shane, uh, a lot of energy. And as you know, uh, that is very contagious. When you see a guy with that much energy running fast after fly balls. And when you hit the ball, it's just contagious and you want to play like him. And uh, it's, it's another guy that, that, that really wanted to win. You know, he's a winner. Yeah. You know, yeah. When, uh, when about the game the right way. Definitely uh, like that mm-hmm. team you were on. Really good, really talented. It's unfortunate you guys came up short a couple of times, but what a, what a team, what a team. Um, I want to talk about your one-year stint with the Miami or the Florida Marlins or Miami Marlins at the time. Um, you, what a roster. Um, unfortunately, you played for one year, but you guys, you had Yelich and Stanton. What was it like to play with those two guys? They ended up winning both MVPs when they got traded from here. But what was it like? Well, you could see the talent. You know, it was a matter of time before they settled. Yeah, it was their first year, if I'm not mistaken. Christian's first year and, yeah. and Carlos' first year. And then you also had, we also had Jose Fernandez's first year. And we had Dietrich, you know, and we had uh, Ozuna. It's a bunch of, you know, great superstars. Yeah, what a, what a, what a Super, team. Superstars. And, and uh, nothing, it was great to see those guys just develop, you know, and you could see the talent. You could actually see, it's funny because you could actually see who was going to be really good and who was going to be okay. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it's just the same. It was just, it happened the same way, you know, great, great talent. And they all went different directions, but they're, they're doing what they, what they can do, which is yeah. play baseball and play good baseball. I think that's why a lot of uh, Miami Marlins fans get frustrated. We've had players like that um, in the now and in the future. We just kept training them, and hopefully we can finally uh, keep some of our talent. Um, what do you think about this current Marlins team? Is there anything that stands out to you? Um, I love the starting pitching rotation. I personally think it's top three in the big leagues, but is there anything that about the Marlins this year that stands out to you? Um, the, 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 I saw the, uh, a few pitchers. Yep. And, uh, and Alcantara, the more I see him, the more I like him. Yeah, this is he, impressive. He uh, looks like a real ace man. He's, his, his biggest issue is the run support obviously, but uh, this team, I think, can finally make a run this year to the playoffs, which would be really good for Marlins fans. Um, but, yeah, I, I hope I hope they, they get it soon because it's really frustrating to watch players like Yelich, Stanton, Ozuna, um, Jose Reyes at the time, Josh Johnson, all those guys leave this franchise, and a lot, a lot of fans are getting a little frustrated because we want to see our players stay, and uh, it's pretty cool that we get to talk to you who played on the team for one year, but and transitioning back to the year that you got to play in, what was it like? I don't know if you got much of a chance, but you, you obviously got to see Jose Fernandez in person and play with him. What was it like uh, to play with a guy like that? Uh, very impressive. I mean, just uh, playing second base when he was pitching, his curveball and his explosive fastball, I was like, I'm so glad that I'm on this side and I'm playing defense and I'm not hitting right now. <laughs> Because it, it looked like unhittable, and I saw a lot of good pitchers. I played uh, behind a lot of good pitchers for yep. 15, 16 years, and to 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 for me to be saying this about Jose, it's just I'm telling you, it's very 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 filthy, man. He was a lot. Oh my God, great stuff, great stuff. Yeah, and uh, and his numbers are there. I mean, rookie of the year, all star, and all that. 
And he was still getting better and better and learning how to pitch and learning the league and all that. So that's so scary. I mean, he was going to get better. Yeah, man. Um, that, that was, there was a, a insane stat that he was 16 and two at home. He virtually never lost at home. Really good pitcher, but something that was really cool about Jose Fernandez was he was a Cuban born native. So, and obviously there's a lot of Cubans here in Miami. So he really recognized and was with the crowd and uh, yeah, it was so tough to see him go, but such a, such a great player, such a fan favorite here and uh, everyone loved him. Yeah, exactly. Great. So, great. Yeah. Um, I want to go back to your, to uh, your world series run with the Detroit Tigers. Um, a lot of people would like to know what was it like to play in a team like that, man? I mean, you had so many good players, uh, just your world series run in general. What was it like? It was great. I mean, Jim Leland is responsible for all that because sometimes you have a lot of good players on a team, but that doesn't necessarily make you a good team. And that's, wasn't that, this wasn't the case there. Uh, Jim Leland was in charge of making sure that everybody was uh, pulling in one direction, which was winning. And uh, with all the talent we had, uh, he liked our chances. I mean, when you looked around, you see Brandon Inch, uh, Carlos Guillen, Maglio Ordonez. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, you're talking about Joel Sumaya, Fernando Rodney, uh, Todd Jones, uh, Curtis Granderson. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a lot of talent there, you know. So Jim Leland just made sure that everybody, you know, did the right, the right thing, what they were supposed to do, that I wasn't trying to hit home run <laughs> or, or that Maglio wasn't trying to bunt, <laughs> or that, you know, or... or or that Joel Sumaya wasn't trying to throw a curveball when he yeah. threw 102, you know? And yeah. uh, those, are, those are the things that, that he did right, and that's what took us to the World Series. Yeah, that was an unbelievably talented team. Um, one of my favorite players is uh, Justin Verlander. To see him in his prime and play on that team with you guys was really cool to see. Super cool guy. Super, super cool guy. Great arm. And, uh, wow, very yeah. fortunate to have played with him. Yeah, really, really good stuff. So that leads me to my next question. Um, you've obviously played in the big leagues for 17 years. There can be a ton of, of people, but is there one particular player that you just really enjoyed playing with that uh, maybe he doesn't get a lot of recognition or just in general, someone you love to play with? I think one of the best teammates that I had was Jim Tommy. Jim Tommy, wow. Yeah, Jim Tommy, and, and not that he doesn't get the recognition because he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, we're more than that. Over 600 but, uh, homers. Yeah, but but the guy is just the same guy every day. Whether he went 0 for 4 with four strikeouts or 4 for 4 with four homers, and and that's hard to find in the league. So that makes him probably the best teammate I had, and uh, it's super cool. And and uh, that's one guy that I, you know, enjoy playing with. And uh, there's a bunch of them like that. But I'm, I'm remembering 16 years. I might just give you the wrong answer, but he stands out because of the way he was every day in uh. You could be down, and when you see him, he makes you smile. He makes you, like, you know, stay in your lane. That's one word that he always said. Like, stay in your lane. Don't get too high, but don't get too low. And that applies very well for baseball. Yeah, um, that's a really cool answer. Never saw that coming. Honestly, I didn't even know you played with Jim Tommy. So to, to find that out, well, that was pretty cool. A um, couple more things, man. Just uh, what are you doing now, now that you're done with MLB baseball playing-wise? What are you up to now? Well, I'm a special assistant to player development with the Dodgers, and I've been doing that for five years. And uh, in my off time, I'm playing a lot of golf. <laughs> yeah, I can uh, can imagine, man. That's pretty cool. So what exactly is your role with the Dodgers as far as so for the viewers at home? What, what is your job in particular? 
Well, I go to all the affiliates that we have, you know, starting in the Dominican Republic. Like I said, you know, we have a complex there. We might have been the first organization with a nice complex there with dorms and stadium and kitchen and all that for the, for the players. And um, I go there and then I go to Arizona. We, we have a, a rookie club, rookie ball club. And then I go to Class A, Rancho Cucamonga. I go to the Midwest League, which is the high A now, where we have a team in... Um, in uh, Midland, right? Yeah. In uh, Great Lakes. And uh, we also have a team in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's the double A. Oh, uh, cool. We have Oklahoma City. That's our triple A club. And uh, we also have the Los Angeles Dodgers in LA. And that's my job. My job is to go from, to all those affiliates, you know, and, and, and check on the infielders and, uh, you know, comment on the, what I see. And um, so a special assistant, you know, help the coaches, help the players. Yep. And, and stay relevant. <laughs> that, that's really cool. Obviously the Dodgers are arguably the best team in baseball. I mean, there's so much talent on that team since you're affiliated with the Dodgers now. Um, what's your take on, on this team? Um, I know that you guys have Mookie Betts, uh, Freddie Freeman left the Braves recently. Um, anyone on the Dodgers that impresses you a lot or uh, what do you think of this team in general? Well, as an employee of the Dodgers, I'm supposed to say that I like our chances. <laughs> but I don't say things, but I don't say I don't say things just to say, you know. But I really like our chances this year. Always did, you know. Even last year, the year before, and when we won and all that. It's just, but but I mean, the 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 front office does such a great job just putting together not just good players, but good people, good good teammates, people that that care about winning because that is something that baseball is losing a little bit now. You see a lot of, and I I hate to say this, but a lot of selfish players that only care about the numbers are about. The bases, mm-hmm. they're, they're rich about the RBIs and whatever. And we don't have that. We have great players that care about winning, you know. And that's uh, it's, it's not easy to create that environment. And and I think Andrew Freeman, Brandon Gomes, and uh, our skipper, um, Dave Robert, ha- 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 they have created that. They have yeah. created that in the organization. And that's why I really like uh, uh, our chances all the time. And, and not to mention, you know, the pitching that we have, you know, with uh, Julio Uria, Kershaw, Kershaw, Bueller, and, and a few other guys, Henny, and a few other guys that are rehabbing right now. And uh, when they finish their rehab, they're going to be throwing really good. Yeah, um, I'm really happy you said that, man, because uh, that's a perfect example. There's a couple of players now that played the game for numbers and stats. But uh, for what you said about the Dodgers, that's a perfect example. Freddie Freeman, total superstar on and off the field. Puts himself yeah. second, ultimate teammate. So I'm glad you said that. Um, the last thing I want to talk about, uh, the game has changed a little bit since you've played. I want to talk about a little bit about the new rules. Um, so obviously we have this year the designated hitter in all leagues. How do you feel about that? Hey, I feel I don't really, I don't care. I play with, uh, with the pitcher hitting, you know, in the Nationals when I first came up. And uh uh, we were probably the best team. You know, I came up with the St. Louis Cardinals in 1998, and mm-hmm. we were probably the best team when it comes to getting the bunt down. Like, I remember seeing all our pitchers getting the bunt down every time. You know, sometimes you have the seventh, the eighth hitter on base and with no outs, and you have our pitcher pop, bunt, get the bunt down. All of a sudden, you have a man on second and third. So pitchers, guys that can't handle the bat. And that was going away from baseball a little bit. So... I think it's good now because nobody likes to bunt, you know, nobody, <laughs> bunt. nobody, yes. bunt, nobody do that. So 
with that being said, then just push the DH, then put a DH there and then you see more action. You see more people running. You see more RBIs. You see more. And that's what people as a, as a fan, that's what you want to see. You want to see action. Sometimes you watch a baseball game and nothing happens now because you have all these guys throwing 97, 98. 97 to 100. Yeah. I, uh -huh. I can... And you see a lot of guys trying to hit a home run, trying to hit the ball out of the park. And that doesn't happen every time. So when you have guys, you know, you, you add an, an extra hitter there. You know, you might see some action. So yeah, um, I'm with you, man. Uh, I'm I'm personally in favor of the DH. I think uh, whenever there's more hits, more runs, more action involved, I think that's what the game needs. I know some people are not for it because uh, you know it takes the strategy out of the game, and you know, and everyone wants to see a pitcher hit. It's part of the game, tradition, history. But I'm glad they put this new DH in. Um, something else they did for for this year was they expanded the postseason to 12 teams from 10. Do you like that? Well, to be honest, I'm not a big fan of that. Like, I don't really care, but I'm not a big fan because then, you know, I want to I wanna win the division or at least, you know, do something wild card or something like that. But now another wild card and these and that. So maybe, you know, like us. I mean, we won 106 games last year and then we ended up playing an elimination game with St. Louis Cardinals. I mean, I'm glad we won it. But I mean, after winning 106 games, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. That's like, um, it's not fair. Yeah, I think a lot of people are in, in your uh, saying in that, you know, uh, you, you, you play a lot of games, you, you play hard and, and then to play against a, let's say a 75 win team when you're a 102 team win yeah. and potentially lose. Yeah. I think it's completely unfair. So yeah. I'm with you on that one. Um, another thing that's going to change next year, this could change the game of baseball is uh, no shifts. What do you think about that? Well, you will see more action now. You will see more, uh, they implemented that in the minor leagues last year. I remember in double A having that with no uh -huh. shift. A lot of things happening. You are going to see more double plays now, right? Yeah. More double plays. But you're also going to see more hits. You see more hits, you see more actions. You see more runs. You see uh, more fans. It brings more fans, you know, to MLB. And yeah. that is something also that um, I'm, I'm pretty sure MLB is trying to do with all these uh, new um, rules that, that, I'm, that I'm with, you know, that I agree with. And, uh, Hopefully that that will bring more fans. Yeah, I'm with you. I I um I was I'm never a fan of the shift. I think it's already hard enough to get a hit. So whatever you can do to make the game better to watch, more action, I'm for. Uh, a couple more things. That uh, one rule that I think is going to be really cool for next season is we get to see a series against every single team in the MLB. I don't know why that was never uh, done to begin with, but now you get more recognition for more teams. Like now, people that are Marlins fans get to see at least once a year, Shohei Otani and uh, Mike Trout play. What do you think about MLB finally doing that, uh, seeing every team play everyone at least once? And this is going to be this year? Uh, it's going to be next year. I think it's good. You should play every team in the major league. You know, I think um, I like it. I like it. Sometimes you get tired of playing the same team over and over. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like I remember playing the, being with the Phillies and playing the Braves like 16, 20 games. You know, and like that's a lot. Yeah, you're you're in the NL East. You're very aware of that. Um, that's that's very true. And then the, the last rule that's uh, going to be in effect for next year. Well, actually, no, I didn't even get to talk about this one. Um, I'm, maybe I'm not sure what your take is on this, but what do you think about the ghost runner in extra innings, man on second base to start off an inning in, in extras? I don't like it. What that game? What that guy did to get him second base? I know how hard it is to to hit a base hit, to walk, to hit a double. Yeah, and, I mean, that guy earned it. You have to earn it. I think you have to earn it. I don't yeah. know. If, the, if, if you want to speak, I mean, I don't, I disagree. And but again, my opinion is not relevant. But 
if you want to like speed up the game, maybe take the replay off and just put it for the playoffs or something like that. And, uh, you know, and do other, other things like put the timing on the pitchers. Like they did that in the minor leagues and it worked out great. All the games were like two hours, two and a half hours the most. And, um, and uh, you put a timing on the, on the pitchers to throw like a, the pitches like in, in between, I don't know, 14, 15 seconds. Yeah. And uh, that's going to speed up the game. Don't don't do the replay and all that that, but but make that guy earn the second base. You know? yeah. Don't just put it there. I don't. I mean, again, this is me. I don't mean. Yeah, of course. But uh, your opinion is very relevant because you've been playing in the league such a long time, and um, this this rule is only in effect for the regular season. So if the playoffs happened, the uh, man on second wouldn't wouldn't be in effect. Uh, one more thing that they're actually doing that you talked about is they're actually going to, in 2023, put a pitch clock in. So I think it's like 25 seconds or something like that, just to speed up the game. Yeah. That's a lot of seconds though. Yeah. In the, in, 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 in the California league, they have 15 seconds, I think. Yeah. Maybe I could be wrong on the time. I didn't do any research on that, but, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in favor of that. Anything to make the game faster. Um, before I go, um, a lot of people wanted me to ask you, what's your take on the Marlins? Do you have any comment on them? Do you think they're going to do well? A lot of people want them to do well here. I haven't really uh, paid much attention to the team because, you know, I'm more focused in, uh, but the, I went to the game like uh, two days ago and I saw a lot of talent guys, you know, taking really good swings and, and pitching, uh, uh, doing, uh, doing really good there. Yeah. I think, it's just, I think, I mean, it's just a matter of time before they, all get to know what type of players they are, you mm -hmm. know, like if you're a line drive hitter, don't be trying to hit the ball out of the park and um, doing all those things, you know, and emphasize defense. You know, I saw a few errors there that were like mental errors because the guys, you know, catch the ball, they caught the ball really nice and they had all the time on the wall and they got rid of the ball quick. And then they, all of a sudden they bounce the ball, they, they, you know, the ball goes in the dugout, the guy takes the extra base. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's like, you know, they have to start like paying attention, you know, to details yeah. in the game, you know, and playing good defense, uh, run the bases good. And, and, and you, because you may be a great hitting team, but you're not going to hit every day. But if your defense and your base running is there, you can win a lot of games, but you have to take pride of that. You know, you have to take pride in that. If you don't, then it's not going to happen. Yeah. You know? You're a hundred percent right on that. Uh, yeah. One, something I should, as a former second baseman yourself, uh, something I would sh should ask you is what's your take on Jazz Chisholm? He's looking like a superstar in Miami, fan favorite here, could be a really good player. Have you seen him play much? I think I saw him play a couple times and uh, super talented, you know, but I like Yogi Berra used to say, like, this game is 90% mental and the other half is physical. <laughs> yeah. So if you get your mind right, you can do a lot of things. Yeah. And that, he sure, surely has the talent. And he's super fun to watch. Yep. He uh, is super energized here. And before I let you go, um, any current player that you enjoy watching today, just someone that you really watch, like watching baseball? Oh, my God. That, there's a bunch of them. I love watching Fernando Tatis Jr. I love watching uh, Vladimir Guerrero. Oh, man. I love watching Jose, Jose Ramirez. I love watching uh, my I love watching uh, Turner for us. Yeah. The first stop. I love a bunch of players, you know, play players that, 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 um, that play the game right, that yeah. play the game hard, that play the game hard. I mean, you get paid so much money to be on the field, to be doing what you love to do, right, for two, two and a half hours, 
And mm-hmm. if you don't do it hard and you don't do it professionally, then, you know, I, I have a problem with that because yeah. I know how hard it is. And I know all the people that really want it, that want to be in that position to be playing hard and to give their 100%. And now you have the opportunity and you're not going to do it. You're taking it for granted. Then, you know, I have a problem with that. Yeah. So those guys that I told you are guys that play hard. Yeah, that leads me to mm-hmm. my last question. Um, I wanted to ask you, um, he's, this guy is a fantastic player. A lot of people... Not a lot, but a, a couple of people have critiqued him because he's, you know, not from this country, doesn't speak the language. But what's your take on Shohei Otani? I mean, what he's doing is incredible as a pitcher and as a hitter. I mean, he is simply something we've never seen before. Um, do you think Shohei Otani could be the face of baseball? I think so. I mean, it's like uh, Babe Ruth on steroids now. From yeah. yeah, he's just like um, super talented. I mean, he's so, I mean... I talked to Albert because Albert Pujols was his teammate and he was a competitor. You have to check this guy out. This guy has so much power. And I asked him, like, are you talking about the pitcher, the guy that throws 100? He goes, yeah, that one. And I go, but can he hit? He goes, he might be the best hitter we have here. And I go, get, get out of here. So, and, and for that to come out of Pujols' mouth, that's, you know, that's a lot. That's a yeah, that, that's definitely a big thing. Well, since uh, you're so close friends of our Pujols, I'm sure he's talked to you about Mike Trout. What does he have to say about him? How many people play to Mike Trout? He said, he said the same thing about Mike Trout when I first asked him. And you know what made me so proud that when um, we were in Arizona like two, three years ago, and I he was introducing Mike Trout to me. And I go, hey, Mike, you know, I'm a big fan. And he go, get out of here. I'm a big fan. You know, I'm from Philadelphia. I grew up watching you play. And I go, oh, really? For real? <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. He made my day. I didn't know he was from Philadelphia. And the fact that he told me that he grew up watching me play, and now I'm, I, I might be his number one fan. It's just crazy. He told me that Mike Trout is probably the most talented player that he's played with. Yeah, and that's a high I praise because our pool is obviously a great player. Um, he's done so much for the game, and to to for him to throw out a compliment like that. I mean, Mike Trout and Shohei Otani are obviously two of the most talented players in baseball. And well, um, Albert, but remember, but remember that Albert has only played for twenty two years. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's yeah, only twenty two. Future, <laughs> yeah. yeah, future first ballot Hall of Famer. And be- before I let you go, I-, I would be suppressed to not ask you about Big Poppy David Ortiz, who's also a Miami native now. What's it like to uh, to know him and uh, to-, to to see what he's achieved in baseball? Another another guy that I'm extremely proud of, and I know David since we're like nine nine year, nine years old. We played little league together, and then he signed in the Dominican Republic as a free agent. I came to Miami Day, and I signed here in the draft. And then we played in the Arizona League again in 1994. Oh, wow. So we started, yeah, we played together, yeah. And then um, nothing. He made it to the big leagues with the Twins. I made it to the big leagues with the, with the San Luis Cardinals. And to the day, we stay in touch. And we're, like, really good friends. And uh, couldn't be happier for, for a friend. Yeah, that's really cool. So just to be clear, David, David Ortiz, Big Poppy, did play at Miami Dade at one point? No, he didn't. He didn't. He signed out of Dominican Republic as a free agent. I uh, did. I played in Miami Day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. And uh, probably one of the greatest players to ever be traded to be named later. Uh, his career with the Boston Red Sox has been incredible. Just shows the amount of talent you have from uh, the Dominican Republic. I'm glad that that country is making you proud. So much talent now and, and I'm sure to come. I mean, the facilities there that you talked about. Really cool, man, to, to know that the game's growing. Just not just here in the States, but Outside, I mean, Venezuela, Dominican Republic, you name it. That's where we get most of our awesome talent from. Yeah. So, 
Well, the, uh, Dominican Republic, the Dominican Republic is actually the only country out of the United States where every major league club has a uh, baseball academy. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. The only one. Yeah. So this baseball academy basically is, is teaching everything, getting the game, getting the knowledge out. So, well, it's uh, not just one. It's not just one. It's 30 academies because each organization, like I told you, each major league club has their academy. Mm -hmm. Like the Dodgers, the Dodgers have their academy. The Twins have their academy. The, the San Luis Cardinals have yeah. their academy. So it's like everywhere we have 30 academies. Like you'd land, when you're landing in the capital, in the Dominican Republic, when you're landing, when you get, get uh, coming down, you will see all the fields, all the complexes, because they're very close to each other. And you will see all the complexes there. So in the Dominican wow. Republic, whatever you move, you see baseball. I think that's, yeah. I think this is really important for, for the game of baseball, but I really want to get into that for a second before I let you go. I know, I know I'm taking a little too long <laughs> here, but, but uh, I really want to talk about uh, the, the academies and how important it is for, for, for baseball, because not many people know about this. So I would like you to give, give some exposure on that. Well, the, the players that we have in the academies are the players that are already signed. Yeah. And uh, the reason why we have so many players, and when I say we, is you know, I speak from the Dodgers, but, yeah, but sure. I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure all the other organizations have the same situation. Because if you sign a player in Venezuela, you have to bring him to the Dominican Republic to play there. Because that's where we have the complex. That's where everybody has the complex. Mm -hmm. so if you sign a guy from Panama, you know, you have to, to bring him over here. A guy from Colombia, a guy from, from gotcha. China, a guy from Spain. You know, they have to come to the Dominican Republic. So you have a, a bunch of talent there. That's so, really cool. And, and each organization, you know, each organization, they sign between 800 to 1,000 players. Wow, that's that's the the yeah, and you know that twenty five percent, twenty five percent of uh, major league players are Latin. That's yeah, I, I I'm very aware of that. This shows you, man, how how much the game has grown and changed. Well, Placido, man, yeah, that's really cool. Placido, man, it was an honor to have you on. Uh, like I said, your achievements himself are very impressive. Thanks for coming on, man, to talk baseball. A lot of people are going to enjoy what you have to say, and uh, I hope to have you on future podcasts, man. I really enjoy talking baseball with you. Thank you, Robert. Thank you for having me, and be good, buddy. Yeah, okay, take uh, care, man. Sounds good. Right. God bless. Bye. See you. Bye.